0: This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Bybus. Episode number 10. The solo series. I don't know what you heard, but ha, yeah, she runs the show. Welcome to episode number 10 of the She Runs the Show podcast. Today we're talking about thinking from the end. If you've read any of Stephen Covey's books, if you've read Wayne Dyer's books, you will certainly recognize that term, thinking from the end, really seeing where you want to end up and working and living in the present moment from that place. So that's what we're talking about in today's episode. But before we go there, I am so excited to bring you some amazing, amazing interviews. I know for many of you, if you're new to the podcast, you're used to hearing me, you know, talk about the things that are important to us as women entrepreneurs. And I love doing that. I love the solo series. There are so many things that I have learned from amazing people along the way that I want to be sure that you have access to. And so the solo series will continue to be, as she runs the show, a major component of the iTunes broadcast, of everything that you hear on SoundCloud. However, I am by no means ever going to tell you that there aren't some of the most amazing, extraordinary, life-changing, transformative people out there, and they are not me. Um, and so... Part of my joy in creating this podcast is bringing you those people and interviewing them. And so, you know, we're in episode 10 right now, but after this, we are going straight to interviews, at least for another 10 or 15 episodes. And then, of course, intermittently, I'll bring back the solo round and you'll get to hear from me. But I've got to tell you, listen to the interviews I have coming up. Some of them, I'm going to listen again and again to some of these interviews because the wisdom that these individuals bring to the table, the absolute just passion for what they do and the strategies that they offer us as women entrepreneurs, it is going to blow you away. It is literally, I mean, I'm blown away. So, you know, if you think that you're hearing some good stuff right now from me in the solo series, just wait, just wait till you hear some of the really amazing, phenomenal, extraordinary men and women who are coming onto the show. They are like, they're dropping wisdom. They are breaking it down. They are. And, and I'm changed just by interviewing them. So my desire for you is that by listening to those interviews, you are changed as well, and that you listen to them again and again and again, and you put it on repeat, and you hear it when you drive to work or when you're on the subway or the train, because we learn by hearing, and we make it a part of our lives by doing. And so a big part of transformation is receiving a new word. And it's hard to receive a new word if you're always listening to the same things from the same people in your same inner circle. So one of my goals that She Runs the Show is to give women entrepreneurs new voices, new perspectives, new ideas. And I'm telling you what, these, these interviews coming up, amazing. Amazing. And I'm going to bring you more of them. So just... Be sure you listen every single day because the wisdom that is getting dropped left and right, subscribe on iTunes so you get them. They're awesome. All right, let's get into this episode where we talk about thinking from the end. Welcome to episode number 10 in the solo series. In today's episode, we are going to talk about what it means to think from the end. Now, that's a term written about by both Dr. Wayne Dyer and Stephen Covey. And so they both talk about this idea of having a vision, a dream, a goal, and operating from the faith and the perspective of that goal already being done in your mind. So there's a certain sense of certainty. There's focus. There's purpose. There's drive when you think from the end. Now... Most people get what thinking from the end means on a surface level. But in today's episode, I want to take this thing deeper. I want to break down with you the logistics of how do you actually not only think from the end when you begin to go after a goal, but how do you make thinking from the end a part of your daily life, of how you approach the world, of how you operate and exist and walk in the world. Those are different things. Like to set up a goal and a dream and to say, okay, this is my goal. I believe in it. I have faith in myself. I'm going to do this. That's one thing. But to be in the midst of some of the biggest obstacles of your life, to be in the midst of situations where you don't know who to count on, you don't know what to do next. You've exhausted every possible resource you have. You are about to lose everything. And somehow you still have to believe that this dream is going to happen. That moment is where you need to be able to think from the end. And so most of us know how to think from the end when things are good, but can we really have it ingrained in us as thinking from the end thing so we can apply it when we need it most, which typically is in tough times. And you know, what reminds me of this whole concept of thinking from the end is a quote by Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne Gretzky said, a good hockey player plays where the puck is. A great hockey player plays where the puck is going to be. And that really gets to the heart of thinking from the end. But can you imagine how difficult that must be to move from the good to the great? Because if I can see the puck, well, then I know where I need to go. Like I know where I'm heading. I I see the puck. It's tangible. It's real in my mind. But if I'm going to go from good to great, it's not enough to just see where the puck is. I've got to play where the puck is going to be, which means I've got to be able to think from the end. So that's what we're breaking down in today's episode. Now, by the end of today's episode, you're going to learn a few things. And so I want to make sure you know from the get-go what we are here to do in this episode. By the end of today's episode, you're going to learn, one, what it means to think from the end, not just at the beginning, all the way through the process, what it means to think from the end. By the end of today's episode, you're also going to learn the difference between outcome visualization and process visualization. And which is the most effective? Because most of us are doing one kind of visualization, and that is actually not the most effective way to visualize. So we're going to talk about that. By the end of today's episode, you're going to learn how to keep your vision in tough times. Meaning when every circumstance that you see is looking like the vision just isn't possible. How do you stay the course? We're going to talk about that. And then, of course, by the end of today's episode, we're going to talk about three things that you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life. In other words, a way that you exist within the world. So let's go ahead and get this thing started. So what does it mean to consistently, persistently think from the end? Like not just at the beginning, When the dream is new and it feels like a honeymoon and everything's awesome and you feel amazing passion, what does it mean to think from the end when you've been in this vision for two years and it feels like nothing's happening? See, that's a different situation. Thinking from the end is about having a clear vision of where you're taking a goal and having absolute faith that you can get there. It's both sides. So it's not about just saying, okay, if I close my eyes, I see the big house on the hill that I'm going to have. I see the Porsche and all the money in the bank and all of the, it's not, the, the visualization part is not the only piece of the thinking from the end. It is both having a clear vision of where you're taking a goal and having absolute faith that you can get there. That's what it means to think from the end. Now, thinking from the end doesn't mean that the goal won't change. And it also doesn't mean that you won't change the strategies that you used to get there. In 99.9% of the cases, you are going to change your strategies. You're going to do it. You have to be, when it comes to thinking from the end, you have to be relentless about your faith in yourself and your ability to get to the goal. But you've got to be flexible in how you get there. Because as you learn, you will grow. As you grow, you will change. As you change, and as the circumstances around your goals change, you need to flow with it. That means you are going to alter your strategy. Thinking from the end simply means that you know that your ultimate success is inevitable because you've already committed to be there until. You know, I like to tell people, dreams and goals, if they're real, like if they're real and they're for you, they don't have expiration dates. There is no such thing as, well, I kind of want to find the love of my life, But I'm going to give it six months. If I don't find the love of my life in six months, I'm going to go become a nun and or go to a monastery. That's not how a dream or a goal that really is for you works. When you have a dream or a goal and you're pursuing it with everything that you've got and with every fiber of your being, you know that this dream or this goal is for you. When you make that unequivocal decision to go after it, One of the things you're going to say to yourself and probably to everybody else who is in your inner circle is this, I'm going to be here until, until I get to the goal, until I meet the love of my life, until I produce a certain amount of money in my business, until I feel happy beyond belief, until you don't give up. There is no expiration date. There is no, I'm going to try this for two years and see how I feel. No. When you are truly thinking from the end, you know your success is already guaranteed because you made the commitment that you were going to be here until. You aren't wiffly waffling about what you want. You know what you want clearly, and you've made up your mind to do whatever it takes to get there. Now, when people are doing thinking from the end, or when they think that they're doing thinking from the end, where most people go wrong is this. They stop thinking from the end after they've created the goal. Like they create the goal and they do a vision board and they tell everybody they know about who they're going to become and what they're going to do. And they are so satisfied with themselves having made the declaration to the universe that They think they've done all the hard work. Like now it's just going to fall into place. That's not how it works. Thinking from the end is easiest at the beginning of a dream. It is easiest when things are new and fresh and you haven't had to put in any of the work yet and you haven't had to be in a place where you're putting in lots of work and it feels like nothing's happening or it looks like nothing's happening. Yeah, Talk to me about thinking from the end when you've been doing this thing for two years and you're still not where you thought you would be by now. That's the true test of thinking from the end. You see, because thinking from the end is a way of life. It's not just a point of origin. Dreams are something that you work for. They're not something that you wait for. And Here's the problem with a lot of entrepreneurs, men, women, all of us. A lot of us are creating dreams that we wait for rather than creating dreams that we then work for until. And see, that's a problem because you've got to understand that working for your dream it's not something that should feel like pushing a boulder uphill. It's something that you align with your strengths, your habits, and your potential. And every day you're saying, how can I get one step closer? What are my next three steps? What do I need to be doing? You know, and John Maxwell covers this in an amazing book. If you have not read John Maxwell, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Amazing. It's something I'd say read once a year at least. But he wrote another book that I absolutely love, and I've given presentations on this book. And the book by John Maxwell is called Put Your Dream to the Test, 10 Questions to Help You See It and Seize It. And this book really, I mean, it makes you face yourself. It makes you say, is this dream really what I want? And you answer those two, 10 questions and you begin to get some some truth about whether this dream is really for you or not. And one of the things that John Maxwell says in the book is this. He says, you know what? If your strengths, your habits, and your potential don't line up in the same direction, i.e. toward your dream, then you're in trouble, So again, dreams are not something that you wait for. They're something that you work for. And working for your dreams means that you are constantly evaluating and making sure that your dreams line up with your strengths, your habits, and your potential. Because if they don't line up in the same direction toward the dream, then you're in trouble. So when we talk about thinking from the end, it's both about having a clear vision of where you're taking a goal and having absolute faith that you can get there and making sure that your dream lines up with your strengths, your habits, and your potential. That's what it means to think from the end. Now let's talk about the difference between outcome visualization and process visualization. So I'm a fan of Shakti Gawain. I hope I said her name right. Um, she talks a lot about creative visualization just go on Pinterest. If you've never heard of Shakti, go on Pinterest, read some of her quotes, they will change your life alone, and then get her books and learn how to do visualization. But a lot of us are getting this visualization thing wrong. I got to tell you, I was reading a study that was done at UCLA, and it was a study that was done with college students. And so the question of the study was, what is more effective at getting to the goal? Is it outcome visualization, which most of us do, where we close our eyes and we see ourselves at the finish line. We close our eyes and we imagine ourselves at our best, fittest shape ever. We close our eyes and we see the business where we want it and our family where we want it and our love life where we like, you just, it's, that's what I call juicy visualization. Because when you close your eyes and you visualize the outcome, you get to feel what it feels like to be in that victory lane and it feels good while you're doing it. That's outcome visualization. But then there's this other kind of visualization that we're less likely to do, which is called process visualization. And a lot of athletes use process visualization. So you will, you will hear NFL players talk about using this. You will hear, um, you know, bodybuilders use this. And you'll hear those athletes who are recovering from injury where physically they cannot work out. They use process visualization. And basically process visualization is where you close your eyes and you imagine yourself doing the work the, going through the process of what it's going to take to get to the goal. So if you are an athlete and you're in the NFL, you are imagining yourself Catching the ball, running with the ball, blocking, guarding, whatever your role is on that NFL team, you are visualizing yourself in action, doing the steps, the work, the process. If you are someone who is a bodybuilder, when you do process visualization, you wake up in the morning, you sit down, you close your eyes, and you see yourself lifting those weights, doing those deadlifts. Leg presses. I mean, you, you're actually going through in your mind the process of you doing that day's workout. That is process visualization. So UCLA just wanted to say, you know, which type of visualization is more effective at getting someone to the goal? And so they used college freshmen at midterm and they wanted to see if they took a group of college freshmen who did outcome visualization. So seeing themselves get good grades on their midterm exams. And then they took a group of college freshmen who did process visualization, i.e. visualizing themselves, studying for their exams, writing out their notes, going through the process of preparing for the exams, which group would wind up getting better grades, doing better on their midterms. And what the study showed was process visualization is way more effective than outcome visualization. And the reason that they came up with about why process visualization is much more powerful is this. When you do process visualization, one of the most important questions you ask, and this by far is a critical question to ask at any phase of business. The question you ask when you begin your process visualization is, what's it going to take? If I'm going to go hit the gym today and I'm going to lift heavy on legs, What's it going to take? Whereas with outcome visualization, you aren't asking what it's going to take. You're just going to assume you knew and you did it and here you are at the victory lane. And so the study found that process visualization was by far a better predictor of outcome because students were actually pre-planning their day. They were process evaluating. So when they came out of the visualization, they had a plan of attack. They knew what they were going to get up and do because they just visualized it. So again, better planning, better preparation through process visualization. Now, most of us, when we think of thinking from the end, what we're thinking about doing is the outcome visualization. We're going, well, if I sit and I just go, Imagine myself with a multi-million dollar business, flying a private jet, speaking to millions of people in a room as a motivational speaker. How is that going to feel? And we think that by imagining the victory of it, that that is going to somehow, like osmosis, seep into our cells and allow us to go out there and do the thing. That's not necessarily the case. And also what's been found is when you do a lot of outcome visualization or when you tell a lot of people about how great it's going to be when you get there, all of the pats on the back that you get, all of the high fives, you know, you haven't even done a thing, but you're telling people you're going to be a multimillionaire. um, It gives you the reward before you've actually earned it. And then you get lazy about it because you've actually gotten the reward before you've actually earned it. So either way. If you want to make thinking from the end a part of your life, one of the things you want to do is use process visualization, not outcome visualization. There's still a place for outcome visualization. You know, there's still a place for maybe before you go to bed at night, you just have gratitude for all the work process wise that you put into your dream. And then before you go to bed, five minutes before you listen to nice music. You close your eyes and you just imagine, because you've done that work that day, what it's going to feel like to reach that goal. That's a great place to put outcome visualization. The problem happens if we have outcome visualization, but we don't actually take the actions necessary to get there during the day. Then we're getting all of the like highs from the outcome visualization, but we're not doing any of the actual work. So again, if you've got to choose between outcome visualization and process, choose process. Now, this is a question I get asked a lot. How do you keep your vision in tough times? Like how thinking from the end is easy when things are going smoothly and like, you know, you get all the green lights and the doors are opening and people are supportive. But how do you still think from the end when everything's falling apart? When the project that you're working on, you've invested thousands of dollars in the business or the project or the product, and it totally goes up in flames, How do you keep your vision when you had everybody in your corner on day one and it's now day 576, you still haven't made money in your business and everybody is asking you, when are you going to get a real job? How do you keep your vision then? I want to answer that question because that's an important question because the test of your ability to think from the end is not at the beginning of the dream. It's in the rough and shattered places. It's in the 40 years of wilderness. It's in the moment where everybody's turned their back on you. And there is only you in the room. And nobody knows your name. And you know how good you are, but the world hasn't recognized you yet. How do you think from the end in that moment? Let's let's go there for a second. First thing, you've got to get very good at believing past what you see. I will never forget I heard an interview of somebody, and the one thing that stuck out about that entire interview was the person said, I learned how to believe past what I saw. I've learned that you've got to believe past what you see. In other words, the circumstances may look like nothing's happening. It may look like everything has fallen apart. It may look as if you know the seeds are in the ground and nothing's springing up and it's been weeks and you're watering the the soil and you're putting nutrients in there and you're doing all these things. It may look as if nothing is coming of all of the heart and the soul and the passion and the work that you're putting into this thing. But that's your training ground. Don't get don't get it twisted here. The nothingness that appears did not come to lead you down a road where you quit your dream. It came to test you to see if this is really what you want. Because if it is, you're going to have many periods and seasons where it feels like nothing is happening, where it looks like nothing is happening. And you've got to get very good at believing past what you see. That is the first thing you can do to keep your vision in tough times. The next thing you can do is this. Get over yourself. What do I mean when I say that? Get over yourself. This can't all be you. I, I am as type A as the next person. I am as overachiever as the next person. But let me tell you, one of the most powerful lessons I am learning on my entrepreneurial journey is this. It takes a village. You know how they say it takes a village to raise a child? Let me tell you what. It takes like five villages to raise a business. This can't all be you. So playing the lone person, man on an island who says, well, if it's going to get done right, it's I've got to do it myself. That's not going to work. Get rid of that limiting belief the second you see it show up because one of two things is going to happen if you keep that belief around with you. One is going to take you forever in the day to get successful in your business because nobody does it alone. Did you hear what I'm saying? No uh, Tell me Warren Buffett didn't do it alone. Tell me Richard Branson didn't do it alone. Tell me Marie Forleo didn't do it alone. I'm just saying. This can't all be you. So let go of this idea that you don't need to delegate things to other people, or you can't afford to delegate things to other people, or you don't want to ask anybody for help because you want to prove how good you really are without needing anybody's help. A, not true. And B, it's a total waste of your time. And you will spend 40 years in the wilderness of your business if you hold on to that belief. So if you want to keep your vision in tough times, you got to believe past what you see and you've got to understand that this can't all be you. It takes a village, five of them. The other way that you keep your vision in tough times is this, spend more time working on the vision than you do talking about it. You know, I don't have a lot of time to be talking about where I'm taking my business. I really don't. Because if I'm spending more time talking, let's just, let's just take a step back. I barely have time to do the next three things that I want to do today in my business. How am I going to have time to talk to you about what I'm doing? I don't. There's no time for that. And you know what? The people who are doing all the talking, I want you to watch them for a good 24 hours afterwards. They're not doing any of the doing. So if you want to keep your vision in tough times, spend more time working on your vision than you do talking about it. I don't even have time right now to talk to you about my vision. Like I'm on this podcast is happening. I'm talking to you, but I can't take five minutes out of your precious time to tell you about where I see my business going in five years. You know why? Because we both need to be working it. We both need to be working on our vision, not talking about it. So spend more time working on your vision. Then you do talking about it. Here's the other piece. Acknowledge your inner critic, but do not employ it. We're gonna do a whole episode on the inner critic. I'm just letting you know in advance. Whole episode. It is not good to try to oppress your inner critic. Your inner critic is an expert at critiquing you. Your inner critic has existed at least two decades at this point in your life, if you're 25 at least two decades it is not your goal to annihilate your inner critic. It has a role to play and it is a teacher for you. So I will never tell you to erase, destroy, annihilate your inner critic. A, it's not possible because a new one will come up if you destroy the first one. And B, that's not the purpose. You're going to waste a lot of energy trying to destroy something that really is your teacher. So if you want to keep your vision in tough times, acknowledge your inner critic, but do not employ it. Here's the other piece. Remind yourself that the situation is temporary, but you are eternal. If you really get this deep, deep, deep in your soul, you will understand what I'm saying. And in a moment where things are going to hell in a handbasket, you will be able to bring yourself back to you when you're in the middle of a tough time. And it feels like all hell is breaking loose in your life, like you don't have a leg to stand on. You need to have a get-it-together talk with yourself, and you need to remind yourself that this situation, no matter how bad it feels, no matter how rough it is, no matter how big and hairy and ugly it looks in the meantime, this situation is temporary, but you are eternal. Your soul existed long before this situation. Your soul will exist far beyond the 1500 situation. The situation is temporary. You are eternal. Have a get-it-together talk with yourself. It'll fix it right up. If you also are going through a tough time and you want to keep your, your vision thinking from the end, look for the lesson. Like, you need to be able to say to yourself, I have been... Down this road, one too many times for my comfort. What is it that I need to get this time? I am open. I am willing to learn the lesson. Like, what is the lesson? Show me divine wisdom, intuition. What's the lesson? Here I am. And get the lesson. Get the lesson so you don't have to repeat it the next time. Here's the, f- the next thing. And the final thing I'm going to talk about for right now, about how to keep your vision In tough times, ask for help. It is never a lack of resources that keeps people stuck, it is a lack of resourcefulness. That comes from Tony Robbins. I didn't say it, Tony did. Ask for help. Learning how to access and utilize resources. Also in the form of, hello, you need five villages to build a business. Asking for support is key to success. I had so much difficulty with this. You know, like I I really, for a long time, I love this whole idea of being an island. I love the idea of doing it myself and nobody being able to say to me, you owe me or I made you or without me, you would be nothing. There must be something in one of my past lives that had to do with that kind of a, dictatorship relationship or something, but I don't like that. And so for a long time, I was always going it alone because I never wanted somebody else to say to me that the only reason I'm successful is because they were there. But that's an extreme and it's an unnecessary one because it takes more than you to build anything absolutely amazing. And the reason why is because at the end of the day, we're all one we all need each other. So asking for help is a key to success, you know? And oftentimes when we're really hard-headed about that asking for help thing, when we don't want to ask for help, we've got to be brought to our knees and put in compromising situations where we have no other choice but to learn how to ask for help. And all I'm saying today is don't let life need to bring you to your knees to learn how, like, like if you could learn it the easy way, wouldn't you want to learn it the easy way? I know I'm hard headed. I learned things the super hard way. And I'm just saying, if you could learn it a little bit easier than me, please do so. Because when life brings you to your knees, that is not cute. It is not fun. And boy, is it devastating. Now I learned a lot from all of those bring you to your knees experiences. But I think next lifetime, I'm going to do it a little bit easier, a little bit easier next time. All right. So three things that you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life. And let me give these to you. You know, I always assume that these are episodes are going to, you know, be like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And then I turn around and it's like 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, look, we got to talk. You and I, we need to communicate. You're listening to me. I'm speaking to you. We're in this together. So some episodes are going to be like 25 minutes and some episodes are going to be like 70 It's okay. Put me on pause. Come back later. Okay. So three things you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life. Number one, daily goal writing. So just about every day, which I didn't do it this morning, so I will do it tonight. Just about every day, I pull out my black notebook. What are these things called? Piccadilly. Yeah. Piccadilly notebooks. And I write out in my own handwriting because Writing out something in your own handwriting is a psychoneuromotor activity and it's powerful. I write out my goals on a daily basis in the present tense as if it is already done. Do that daily goal writing. I got that from Brian Tracy in his book, No Excuses, The Power of Self-Discipline. Pick up the book. It's powerful. Lots of things to do in there. Let, let me just say, I love Brian Tracy, but as a mom with three kids, And all of the responsibilities I have, there's no way I could implement all of his things that he wrote and no excuses, but it's powerful. If you can do two or three, fantastic, it'll change you. So the first thing you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life is to write down your goals for the year in the present tense on a daily basis. So you know what they are. And so you recreate the reality of them every day as you write them. Second thing that you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life. Learn to say no with ease. I'm good at no. I, I really like I I'm not a people pleaser in general. I'm sure I have people pleasing parts of me, but I say no with so much ease that it's almost joyful. I just say no to lots of things. If I know I can't do it 100%, I'm going to tell you no. And a lot of us aren't that way. And so one of the things you want to do, if you want to be able to really Think from the end on a dream, see it all the way through, have complete faith that you are capable of doing it. You've got to understand that every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And every time you're saying no to one thing, you're saying yes to something else. And what we do too often as women entrepreneurs is we inadvertently say yes to the needs, demands, and whims of other people. And inadvertently, we don't realize that we're saying no to our dream. So the second thing that you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life is to say no with ease. Meaning every time you get presented with a new project or opportunity, you need to ask yourself, is this going to bring me closer to my goal? or farther away? And if the answer is, by me taking on this project, or me doing this thing for you, or me picking up your kids from school that day, because you have a a hair appointment, if the answer is, it's going to take me farther away from the thing I say, I really want to occur in my life, then you need to say no. It's a flat, it's not even an I'll think about it. Like, stop doing this I'll think about it thing. This I'll think about it thing will get you caught up in lots of mess and lots of trouble. The only people I say I'll think about it to are my kids. And usually they understand that when mom says I'll think about it, it's probably a no. So learn how to say no to any project that will not bring you decisively closer to your vision. Here is the third thing that you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life. And this comes from Danielle Laporte's amazing book called The Desire Map. Choose to feel today how you're going to feel when all the dreams have come true. This is not the same thing as outcome visualization. I'm just going to say it's not. You really need to pick up Danielle Laporte's book, The Desire Map, so you understand clearly what she's talking about when she says... Choose your core desired feelings and on a daily basis, do what it takes to feel that way now. Pick up the book. She. She breaks it down. She lets you know exactly what you need to do. But the point is the third thing that you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life is to choose to feel today, right now, in this moment, how you're going to feel when all the dreams have come true. Just think of it from a very simplistic perspective. Here it is. If I feel victorious, if I feel capable, if I feel creative, if I feel powerful, which is how I'm going to feel when I get Get to the goal, I create and produce in this moment. I do the work in this moment from that victorious place. It gets me better results in this moment. So three things that you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life is number one, daily goal writing. Write your goals for the year out in the present tense every single day. Number two, say no with ease. Remember, if it does not bring you decisively closer to your vision, it is bringing you farther from your vision. Say no. And the third thing, choose to feel today how you're going to feel when all the dreams have come true and work in that presence of those core desired feelings. Now, we've talked about what it means to really think from the end. I want you to apply what we've talked about today. I want you to go out and start using process visualization. I want you to remind yourself of who you really are, especially in tough times. And I want you to start doing those three things that you can do to make thinking from the end a daily habit in your life. Now, I would love a favor from you iTunes has the opportunity for everybody to give a review, rate the show, talk about how, what they've learned and what they feel about it. Could you please go on iTunes and just, if you've listened to this episode, would you just review She Runs the Show? You can go on iTunes and find She Runs the Show, or you can go to tinyurl.com forward slash She Runs the Show podcast. I will also post that information With the show notes. So if you want the show notes, you'll go to tinyurl.com forward slash s r t s epi 10 if you want the show notes. But please go on iTunes tinyurl.com forward slash she runs a show podcast and post a review. I want people to have access to all of this information and iTunes is a great way to do that. So if you take it five minutes, post a review. Thank you in advance for doing that. And then also, I just want you to let me know, I'm doing a free live training next week called seven steps to relentless persistence, how to stop starting over in your business. If you are somebody who does the shiny object syndrome, which I've done, if you are somebody who starts something and then stops and starts and then stops. And so it's always a process for you of starting over, especially when it comes to your business. Then you need to join me on that live training. It's going to be Tuesday, January 27th. It's going to be at 12 PM, noon Eastern, 10 AM mountain, 9 AM Pacific. I want you to join me. It is going to be an awesome training. I'm just, I'm going to break it down because I've lived it. I've done it. And I want to give you the seven steps to being relentlessly persistent in your business, i.e. stop starting over in your business. So if you would like to join, you can sign up for that free life training at tinyurl.com forward slash persist 127. That is tinyurl.com forward slash persist 127. Join me. It is going to be an awesome training. It's going to be you, me, we're going to be live. And let me tell you what, 90 minutes. I'm just saying. I'm going to be taking your questions. We're going to be breaking it down. I'm going to tell you every way that I went wrong with this stop starting over thing and every strategy I have used to make it Right. If you are ready to be relentlessly persistent about your business, to stop starting over so you can finally get to the goal and get to the place you want to be, you need to join me on that free life training. Tuesday, January 27th, noon Eastern. That's 10 a.m. Mountain, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can sign up tinyurl.com forward slash persist127. It will also be at the show notes. And again, I love doing the show notes for you guys like download those PDFs, print them out. You can get the show note at the show notes at tinyurl.com forward slash S R T S epi 10. And you know what? This is a wrap guys. I can't wait to you. Oh, I'm so excited for you to hear the interviews that are coming up starting tomorrow. They are awesome. All right, everybody. I will talk to you soon.